Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We are in the book of Colossians, just getting started with it. Had one episode on it so far. And in the previous episode, we read, was it the first 14 verses, I think, which are basically uh, an introduction and a thanksgiving and a prayer type of thing that Paul and Timothy do. And so uh, I'm going to go back and read the first couple of verses, then we'll sort of pace ourselves here a little bit, okay? Verse 1 says this, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. Now, that is, you know, just an introductory greeting kind of thing, sort of standard stuff that you read in the Scripture of Paul's writings and things like that. But don't let familiarity rob us of some things right here. You know, I'm always amazed. Uh, Paul calls them saints. The word can also be translated holy ones. Holy ones, and he's, he calls them that several times in this initial part right here. Calls them holy ones, calls them faithful brethren, and they're faithful brethren in Christ. And in the first verse, he mentions an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. You see, Jesus the Son, you see, uh, God the actually mentioned his father in verse three here in just a moment. <coughs> the second verse, faithful brethren in Christ from God. Well, there isn't verse two. God our Father. So you see the Father, you see the Son, you see how they, for lack of a better term, all these terms fail us after a while, how they operate, how they function, how they live. Father, Son. And then later on down in verse 8, I think, we see the Spirit. So we see uh, the nature of the Godhead, even in the greetings right here. And just the opening of a letter that Paul writes to those who are basically new believers, especially from some of our perspectives, because a lot of us have been believers for decades, okay? Decades, folks, okay? <laughs> and so these folks, when you read these letters and you read what's going on in the New Testament, they are absolutely, totally transformed. That doesn't mean that they're perfect. That's the reason Paul wrote like 1 Corinthians. They had all sorts of problems and issues. But he encouraged them. He exhorted them in those issues uh, to press on to holiness and, and into the righteousness that they had received. So he's doing the same thing right here. He says, I'm writing you all, and I want you to know that you are holy ones. I want you to know that you are brethren in Christ. And he calls them faithful. Okay? He had a report back from Epaphras about them and about their faith. He speaks grace upon them. He speaks Peace from God our Father. Not grace and peace from us personally as human beings, but no, grace and peace from God our Father. Then in verse 3, as Paul always does, some way and sometime he gets around to giving thanks. He says, We give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. So what does he let them know? He says, we thank the Lord God, and we thank the Lord God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
Well, what is he giving thanks for? Well, within the context right here, it's obvious that they're, they're giving thanks for the believers there, the Colossians. He said, we're giving thanks to God, praying always for you. Now, I know a lot of times people get all smarmy and snarky with this kind of thing. Well, how can they be praying always? Don't they ever go to sleep? You know, really? <laughs> really? Give me a break. No, what he's saying is what you see in First uh, Thessalonians again, that they were on their mind. They're on their mind. <clears throat> so when they crossed their mind, they would be praying for them. I think that would bring forth uh, some serious impact within our body. If every time the body of Christ, I mean, if every time somebody crossed our mind that we prayed for them and we gave thanks to God for them. <laughs> yeah, I can sort of see the faces people are making right now. Yeah, because a lot of times when people come across our mind, it's not necessarily for a good thing. But notice what he says. He said, give thanks to God. And we pray always for you. I think this is a great pattern for us. But remember, verses 3 through 8 are all one sentence. And we're just taking sort of a phrase here at a time. Here's verse 4. Praying always for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have for all the saints. So you're going to see this love thing starting to develop. Uh, have love for the saints. And, and verse 8 says that he, they were informed of the love in the spirit that they had. So this isn't a, a physical man type of love for fellow holy ones, <laughs> fellow saints. No, this is something that God is doing. This is something that's changed and transformed their heart. Now you notice that uh, Paul and Timothy had heard of their faith in Christ Jesus. And I mentioned this in a previous episode. Apparently Epaphras was the one who brought the gospel to them and had reported back. You know, they talked about these things, folks. They communicated about these things. They would say, hey, there's a group over here that I've presented the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, and they believed. And here's what's going on with them. It's really, folks, a very vivid picture for how we are supposed to be living, of how we're supposed to be acting and reacting, how we are supposed to be as the body of Christ. Tell you what, you, you take these little letters right here, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and you line up with what's being said here with how we, quote, do church, unquote, today, and you're going to find out that much of what we do is not even biblical. Some of it may be good, okay? A lot of it is well-intended. There's no doubt about that. But why is it that we can't do what the Lord tells us to do? I shared that with somebody in the group this morning. And I said, until we do what it says in Ephesians 4 about how we're supposed to be as the body of Christ, why do we expect there to be any other outcome than what we are getting right now? I mean, seriously. And so we're going to start seeing this kind of stuff here. Now, back to verse 4, he says, we've heard of your faith. And we've heard of your love, which you have for all the saints. Verse 5, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of which you previously heard in the word of truth. 
So there you have that little thing that is often woven in Paul's writings, uh, faith. In this, in this case, the order is faith, love, and hope. We're a lot more familiar with, it, with faith, hope, and love at the end of 1 uh, Corinthians 13, right? But it's the same thing. He says, we heard of your faith in Jesus Christ. And that faith in Jesus Christ has brought a couple things. First of all, it's brought a love for all the saints. It has brought a transformation of heart to where they loved other people who were fellow holy ones. But also it brought something else. It brought hope. Hope laid up for you in heaven. That's interesting, isn't it? Of which you previously heard in the word of truth. In other words, they knew that that had been taught to them. Well, how do they know that? Well, Epaphras had communicated it to them, okay? So he's saying this, and he's saying this to them, and he's saying it to us, okay? That if you're truly of faith, if you've truly repented, confessed, and called upon the name of the Lord, and have been saved, then that faith in Jesus Christ is going to do a couple of things. You're going to have love for all the saints, all the holy ones, and you're going to know that your hope is laid up in heaven, that your hope is not here on earth, that your hope is not in what man does or what we can do, etc., etc. Our hope is in the Most High God. Some great stuff to hang on to. Colossians chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. We'll resume with this sentence the next time, okay? Thank you. I'm Dale, and I'll see you then.